This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. Mimi Webb is going to be here and she has a bunch to say. Plus, music to discuss. She's a new album on the way, House on Fire, tour with Tate McRae. There's a lot to get into, okay? Please share our show with those you care about. Hit subscribe on our podcast. And remember, all of our interviews happen first and live on Amazon Zam. It's a really cool radio service. You can make a radio show. We make radio every day. So please hang out with us. And information is in like our bio. Anywho, Amy Webb, let's talk. Hello, beautiful human. I'm very excited because we have Mimi Webb here in the studio. Woo! Hey! <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm alive. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Live and well. <laughs> what, you've been doing a lot of promo? Yes, I have. I've been traveling around, um, just got off tour with Tate McRae, so we've been doing lots of bits and bobs around America, so yeah. it's been fun. Do you enjoy talking about yourself? Um, you know, it's not it's not the worst thing. <laughs> What's the worst part about your job, though, every day? I don't know. I think it's all really great to be honest. It depends the mood. It really is. It's like if you wake up, do you just want to go to the studio? Or do you just want to get on stage? Or do you want to do the whole promo thing? Like, it's, it's definitely mixed. How often are you going into, like, how often are you writing? I haven't done as much recently. I did a bit on tour, but I haven't done as much do on just because of touring. But I'm Do ready. you still keep a diary? Yeah, I write everything down if I'm feeling something. If I'm really like struggling, I just write it all down just because it's so good to get things that out of your head, you know? It's like, um, but yeah, like I've just been writing down ideas as I've gone around and I'm now in the studio and it's back in. So it's all coming out into the song. So is that how it works? Like, will you just document how you feel on a daily or every couple of days in the diary and then reference that when you go into the studio? Yeah, definitely. I think I just got to have like a whole list of things that I'm feeling and just go through it all and just be like, oh, this could be cool for today. This is the kind of vibe that we're getting on chords and like, let's just like dig into this idea. Is it true that you did write your first song in your diary? Or yeah, so something to do with it? So my first song was just basically all about a relationship I was in where it was just how I, I couldn't really be with that person all the time. I was always having to leave. So it was literally like, it was like a phone call that I was having with my mum that I was like, and I just basically got it all written down. She's like, tell me how you're feeling. Right, keep going. And I'm like driving home, feeling so bad. And it's literally all about that, about me just having to like walk out that door from the love, like my partner that I was with. And did you? When did you know it was a song? I think a, a while after, like I wrote it all down. I spoke to my mom. I was like, really upset on the phone. It was all going off. And then it was definitely all like, you know, when I was next in the studio, which was, I think it was like a week and a half after that happened. That's wild. Yeah. And that was the first time you ever wrote a song? 
No, 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 no. Yeah. That was my first. That was my first story of my first release, my first single. Okay, so the first big record, which. Correct me if is it before I go? Yeah. But your first song ever. Oh yeah, my first song ever was just a load of stuff about growing up and probably getting in trouble with my dad all the time <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah, that was stuff that's just not out. <laughs> that's really interesting though that you you just had a conversation with your mom and you took note on it and that's what became a song. Yeah. No. How do you know? I mean, did you have other songs that was were competing to be the first release? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, it, I think it's also when you're releasing a, a song as a new artist, it's kind of like it it dictates where you're going to be going from there. So I wanted to make sure the song was, there was room for growth and there was room for me to kind of spread my wings wherever, you know, road I wanted to go down in the industry. So yeah, Before I Go just felt like the right feel and it was very open pop song, ballady, emotional, all the kind of like goosebumps feel that I like. That I love and why I do music but yeah it was um I think for me it just it felt the most real in that time and yeah it just felt like a good thing to just start off of and kind of see where it goes from there do you heal after it's finished or after it comes out yeah I think I think as a as a writer you do have to hold on to things a lot a lot longer than other people would want to do and it I think once the song's out and once because you're writing about a situation so many times it really just makes you just you just get fed up of it and you're just so over it because you've just gone in and done it again and again and like spoken about the same thing and then you end up just being like oh i've 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 just kind of like you know ruled it out now and and done done it all so there's just no point still talking about it do you feel like you were going into the studio trying to write the songs about the same stuff i do have times where like i'm going through something and i'm like talking about it from different angles yeah interesting yeah. do you get finished songs out of like all the angles it depends sometimes it's finished sometimes it's not and then you have to revisit and that's probably the harder process is going back to it when you're just kind of over it and you're done with it because you've just really milked it and then you're just like oh i've got to go back to that space <laughs> how do you know what songs are worth going back to and what songs aren't um, and is there an example like of a song that like you did maybe from different angles and like you let sit and then went back to you and had to like re-enter the headspace? Yeah, there's been times where we would write like something, say if I go in and I'm like, right guys, this is what's going on. This is what the other person probably feels, but I'm really struggling to understand their thought process. Like, And then like my friends who I'll be in the studio with will be like, oh, yeah, well, let's just try and take it like that. And I'm like, right, great. And then you get some more like people help you understand someone else's point of view to the situation and then it kind of it's very therapeutic and then you're also kind of you know diving in and taking a complete different angle of it and then you know it's just kind of like you understand the whole situation a song like house on fire there's a lot of great detail in that i'm assuming you weren't really planning on saying somebody's house on fire Oh no, yeah, <laughs> made that a bit clear. <laughs> it was very tongue and cheek, you know, character myself. And to be honest, I just wanted to do something where I just fully went for it and I wasn't holding back it lyrically. Um, and I think that's the real fun in House on Fire. And yeah, it was just like basically a story I completely just, yeah, it was a story that just completely got pushed and pushed to the point where I was like, wow, if this actually happened, this is actually crazy. Yeah, the details <laughs> are, it's really creative. Yeah, yeah. But is it stemming from an actual situation? No, it's very much a feeling. We all, everyone involved was just very much like, oh my God, this is like, this feels so good. And it also just like, 
there's no boundaries, you know, and I think it just started to fold more and more into this kind of big, crazy story. And then for me, like, I wanted to add, like, a middle eight as well to this song. I was like, right, I feel like there needs to be something where it kind of is a little bit more lighthearted and it kind of ends it in a nice way. So the middle eight is, like, you know, the getaway driver. She's not going to be there anymore. Like, and I just feel like ne- we needed that ending just because it was, it's quite harsh. <sighs> what starts that song? Like, where does it begin? It starts with a police officer. <laughs> and myself having a discussion about trying to get myself out of trouble. Yeah, but in the <laughs> studio, like, who comes up with that idea? Who walks into the room with it? Well, it's just like, we were all just having such a laugh. And I think, you know, I wrote with these people for a long time, all the, we, the guys I wrote it with. And it was just kind of like, it, when you start, it doesn't stop. And it's just like fire. And also, you know, the guys I wrote with, I trust them, their instincts so much. And we've got so many tunes in the locker that we wrote. And out of all the songs we've done, it was kind of like, we just want to have fun now and just kind of like, we've been in the studio so much, let's just really go for it. So, um, yes, it's just so fun to be able to take, you know, take a whole bunch of your friends and like all just go mental and like fully go for it and like have no boundaries. And yeah, we just kind of, it just kind of, it kind of went there without realizing how or why it kind of went to that extent. <laughs> Are you using the same people to do all your music? Like, did they do Before I Go and Reasons? Or No, it's all mixed. Um, I have a lot of different writers that I write with for different songs. Um, you know, it, a lot of the time it is just kind of like, oh, this session's been put in, I'm writing with two other people, and then we just write a massive song, and it's like out in the next, it, it just gets dropped. And then you end up writing with those people more and more towards, you know, bigger projects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, the guys on House on Fire are people that I've, you know, I've wrote with a lot, I've known for years, and I'm very excited to write, you know, with writing some more stuff, which is super cool. How many songs did you have, like, that were ready to go out before, before I go? Because um, that comes out in 2019, right? Yeah, so that, gosh, I probably had like 60, so I don't know, a lot of songs. I'd been writing for years before before I go, had dropped. Well, so when do you want to pursue music officially? Because you were on EastEnders too. Yeah. So like, was there a moment where you thought, this is something I need to pursue in a very legitimate fashion? Yeah, I think... You know, I, lo- I just loved writing and I loved being in the studio and it was, for me, being doing the acting and the musical theatre and all of that, it's so competitive and, like, there's so much going on behind stage. So for me to be able to be in the studio and write with other people, you know, jump on people's ideas, then jump on my ideas, have that environment of, like, a family, that's what I always love to do. And I think when I started to produce songs, I actually... That were actually good. I was like, okay, but let's actually just drop it and see what happens. And then I just feel like every time you you grow it, you know, it's like you it's like a muscle. You're, yeah. you're training, so you grow as a writer throughout the process. And I think you know, I've been writing for so many years now. Then actually writing as a signed artist at eighteen was completely different to writing just in my bedroom for fun. To then actually being in these big rooms with big writers. And you're actually listening to other people and you're taking in other people's ideas as well. It's like, it becomes a completely different way of writing and it's more of a family and it's and it's nice because no one's competing with each other and it's not like, I've got the better idea. It's like, wait, that's sick. Here's this that I also think could go really cool with that next bit. Like, that's how it really is, it forms. And it's so great, especially with House on Fire because that's how we played it. And it was just a whole group thing of 
us all just having a laugh. Was it competitive? Because you went to two really incredible schools, right? You went to the Brit School, and then you went to the British Institute of Modern Music. Yeah. I mean, really hard to get into, like Adele mm. went there, correct? Yeah. yeah, Amy Winehouse, yeah. The legends. Yeah, you know, <laughs> casual stuff. You're so, next. So I'm, uh, I'm assuming there's competition, right? Like that's um, those hallways are not the most collaborative or yeah. I mean, kind. I think the writing part because I did songwriting, so that is very more collaborating and all that jazz. But um, yeah, like you know, the, there's a lot of vocalists, and it's all very much like. Some people didn't write. Some people weren't involved in that environment of, like I said, the whole family feel yeah. of creating something together. It was, so yeah, there was the different groups. It was the different kind of, you know, what people would get up to. And um, yeah, I think the more, you know, as you grow in the industry, the more big professionals you meet and the more you realise people really do know how to, to do a session and how to get a great song out of it. And and you learn from those people. But do you learn how to make a song by going to school? Like, going to these two schools? Yeah, so at BIM, you would literally write a song every week. And then at the end of the week on the Friday, you'd perform it to everyone. That's cool. Wow. So you'd write a song a week, basically. And it'd be like, you'd get, like, um, people give you back notes. And there was, like, people back and forth just listening and, like, sharing your ideas. And them sharing their ideas to what they think you could maybe change chord-wise. What could maybe sound better melody-wise. Um so it does really, it, it is the, the the building blocks of a session, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then when you actually get in with the people that have written hits after hits, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like, <laughs> I've got to really pull out the skills here. Like, I've really got to try and like, you know, and also it's like not, it also having confidence to saying what you think because not every, no one's yeah. right. And like, even the top people, they're not always going to know exactly what is like, you know, and they know that they, they're so professional that they know that, oh, maybe actually this isn't the best idea. What do you reckon? And as the artist going in the rooms and taking control of those sessions and sharing your ideas, because I love writing and that's where I started. That's, you've got to have that confidence to kind of get out, get what you want out of it. Dumb Love is one of my favorite songs. It is so good. <laughs> it's, I mean, where does this st stem from? Like, does it, did you... Like, is there a note in your phone that you can trace back to the creation of the song? Dumb Love was so much fun. I think, you know, it was, I think it was even like three months of the process of then like actually getting the vocal I was happy with. Because for me, Dumb Love also is like a very powerful, big song. Goosebumps moments. So you really wanted to sell it and make sure that vocal just felt really strong. Um, but yeah, no, Dumb Love was so much fun. And it was just, you know, I just released it after Good Without, which was the song that kind of really blew blue for me in in the UK and it was something where I was just very new into it and it it was strange because I felt like I kind of knew the industry but then after I dropped good dropped good without it was a completely different experience so then dumb love coming out with that after it was just like a very exciting thing because everyone was like what's she gonna drop next what's gonna be next are you so, nervous to drop a song in that moment yeah 100% because <laughs> you just think like is it gonna have the same reaction and and it's all the numbers and it's the chart positions and it's like that's just how it is the business that's how the business people are going to think and it's kind of like you know you just get nervous because you're like is it going to react the same way also are the fans you know most importantly are the fans going to love it are they going to understand where I've gone with this and is this the right move so there's always that feeling and you know I always tease my songs on TikTok before I drop them so you already get a feel for what the song's going to do beforehand and 
um, that's kind of where you have that moment with your fans where you can really like see, read what they're saying and, and how they're reacting. Are you still attached to the algorithm? Um, what's what like? Like just TikTok in general. Like, do you oh, use yeah. it as a? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much attached to the. Love that the algorithm. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> the social algorithm. Um, yeah, yeah, I am, and you know, I think it's it's really it's great because. I started releasing in the pandemic. So for me, that was the only thing I had to go to. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do the promo and all the, you know, the bits that come with it. I was very much just kind of stuck in home. And yeah, so for me, it's just been the natural way I've ended up doing it. I haven't been a traditional artist. I haven't done it the traditional way. I've only started to really do the traditional stuff, but it's all been very, you know, crazy just to see numbers on your phone and that's kind of what you're led by. Are all these songs connected to one relationship before I go, I'll break my heart again, reasons, good without you, dumb love? Yeah, a few, there's two relationships. It's probably put, like, mix around. Between the two of them? Yeah. A song, like, good without you, that's like a message, right? Yeah. One message, like, that you need to hear, I'm sure, but also to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so Good Without, I actually wrote on Zoom at the start of 2021 or 2020. When did it come out? Yeah, 2021. Good Without. 2021, and I remember going, it was the first session in, the first Zoom session of the year, and I was like, I just want to write a bang, like a big ballad where, like, I just end this chapter because to that point, I'd been writing a lot about the same person in in my past, and I just wanted to have it out done and just be like it was kind of like the closing chapter for me so yeah so good without I wrote that on zoom um with my friend Sam and Frido and yeah and then it was kind of like right the song's here what do we do with it and then I was like oh I'm just gonna chuck it on TikTok see what happens like let's just tease it chuck up you know chuck it on TikTok Instagram whatever and just see if people you know respond and everyone was just like going crazy about this good without lyric and like that is like so big and I was like oh my gosh and my label were a bit like freaking out they're like what's going on like what's she done and I was like right we're gonna have to release it now like you can't not release it (laughs) oh so that's quite fun were they hesitant on releasing it before no well we didn't really know what because I just I released reasons so that was like a bit more darker so then to go with good without it was like oh my gosh right here we go are we really ready are we ready for this like we've just dropped a song are we ready to go for this and then um so i kind of like forced them into it (laughs) it worked out yeah exactly and now they it's really great because it's you know me and my team my management we're just very like in control of it and we're just like we know this is gonna work and it's like it's really fun and they're kind of like okay like they've done it before they like we trust the process they trust they understand the tiktok thing because a lot of people in the industry struggled to understand that because it was not it wasn't normal it was you know the whole industry had done like a whole 360 people were getting signed weeks after dropping a viral video of a song Mm. they wrote and it was just all of a sudden a complete different it was a wake-up call for the whole of the industry and i think it took a lot for labels to trust artists to do that and for me and my label they just completely trusted me and and they were like yeah okay she's done it this time let's do it again <laughs> was dumb love done before you dropped good without uh yes dumb love yeah that was all done i think before i think we were going to drop that actually yeah we were going to drop that before good without i think that was going to be the next song and then when i did good without cuz i just wrote it and i was like oh let's just chuck it on and see what it like just for fun <laughs> 
thinking like, oh, I've just been out of the Zoom sesh, like the studio, you know, like let's just like, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and then and then I just posted it. And then I was like, right, guys, we're gonna have to push dumb love back. Yeah, I think that was what happened. Was wow. Thinking back to that. Yeah. So that song really changes your life. Yeah, completely. What does that song teach you? To believe, to believe in myself. Like it was just a moment where no one, there was no plan around it. No one knew what I was doing and I just wanted to do it. And I did it without telling anyone and, and I try, and that was out of my own gut instincts of mm. where I believed my career was going and where my music was going. And yeah, I just, I think it, it, I think people grew my label, like, and everyone grew respect for me for it and being like, okay, right, she knows what she wants and she knows how she's going to do it. Do you trust your gut moving forward more? Yeah, 100%, 1,000%, hands down. That's a pretty cool feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's like, obviously, you got to make sure you spend the right amount of time thinking on the situation. But yeah, I think like, you know, it's, I just kind of saw what everyone else was doing and thought like people were putting songs on TikTok and teasing stuff. Why can't I? And, um, you know, I don't have to, why do I have to follow the traditional mm -hmm. way of doing it when I'm in a pandemic? There's no other way that these guys are going to be able to get me going. So I've got to do my thing. <laughs> it worked. So are you in the process of creating an album right now? Yeah. How's that going? Really good. Um, we're, it's, I'm early days, but, you know, just it's this summer in between festivals. It's just it's going to all be about album and just working towards that. I've got singles lined up, so that's good. So I've got that sorted. It's just now get, getting my idea across to what I really want my album to be. Because I don't want it just to be one thing, though. That's for sure. I've realised I want it to be. I want a darker kind of tune there. I want mm. something that's maybe more emotional and stripped back. And also a really fun pop tune. Like House on Fire, where you're just going for it and you can scream it, scream it in your car. Does that start a new era for you? Um, yeah, I think so. From my EP, Seven Shades of Heartbreak, I think it was that whole EP was about me ending my relationship that I was in at the time. So I think this is a new new chapter for sure, where it's like she doesn't just do one thing; she can also sing something a little bit darker and more emotional, and also do something that's also really fun. How do you come up with the strategy behind what you should be doing? Think, you seem pretty strategic. Yeah, I think you just get an idea of what's, you know, I'm very much like, for me, for me as an artist, I want my fans to relate and understand why I do what I do, which what moves I make, what features I do. I want them to be a part and feel connected to the whole journey. So for me, with an album, that's how I feel it's going for me as an artist. And I feel like that's, at, with each single I dropped, every there's always a little bit of a difference in each single and also you know I speak to a lot of people and I'm like what do you reckon like and I've ha I have had people that have spoke to me and been like look I really I love Heavenly but that's probably the most song that I connect with because I like more rock music or I like songs that are a little bit darker and I'm like oh sick because I love Heavenly it's pop but it's also got that element in so actually, why can't I why can't I have a song like that on on the EP or on the album? You know, that is one of your favorites. Yeah, love Heavenly. So fun to perform, and it's got such a different. I liked. I basically when I perform it, I go towards the back of the stage, and then I turn around and start the song, and I'm like in a completely different mindset. It's quite it's quite jokes. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does that song today have a different meaning to you than when you wrote it? No, it's, yeah. I mean, it was probably the, for me, when I wrote it, it was all about realising I'm so much, I feel great without this person and it actually feels heavenly. Like, I'm in, like, heaven, like, not having them there anymore. It feels great and I'm actually thriving. So, yeah, it still feels, I still, I can always still go back to that feeling about a bunch of different things. (laughs) Realising, like, toxic things are leaving your zone and you're better for it is a heavenly feeling. Yeah. Especially when it's scary to make those moves. Yeah, definitely. Heavenly all the way. <laughs> is it easier for you to write songs when you're, like, going through a breakup or when you're in a happy relationship? Well, yeah, I don't know. I think it depends because with my last relationship, I knew I needed to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And for me, more of the process of helping me write and help me get through it was by writing the songs to realise I need to get out of it and it's just not going to last. Because, you know, you don't want to hurt someone. You don't want to break someone's heart. You've been through it before. You've been cheated on. You've done You've had that. And you don't want to then have to, like, walk away from someone and be like, I just don't love you anymore. And it's the worst feeling ever. So, for me, that's how that's my most recent thing I've been through. Um, and um, But as an, as an artist and a writer, like, you... I'm such a drama. I'm a massive drama queen. Like, I, I can, I can use whatever I want to use and spur it into this bigger thing and be like, "Oh, this happened." And I'm like, "But what if that actually happened?" And then I put that in, and then you create this story, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this song's insane!" And it's so cool because it it'll come from a tiny thing maybe, and then actually you'll realize it's a lot bigger in the grand scheme of things, and then it becomes this huge song. Are most of the songs rooted in reality and then elaborated on like with imagination? Yeah, um, some of them are really detailed to the point where it's, it all happened, and then some of them are more like a feeling of a situation, and I've like made it even more crazy. <laughs> like House on Fire is like very crazy, crazy. Yeah, pushed to the limits for sure, and all the guys involved are just insane writers, so they just know how to do that in an in a safe way. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, according to your uh, Instagram, you're in a happy relationship now. When you go into a studio, Ooh. do you have things to write about in that relationship? Or do you say, okay, this is going too well. I got to revisit the old stuff. Um, yeah, I do, actually. It's actually hilarious. Um, my boyfriend, he'll always be like, oh, you can use that, aren't you? You can go use that. <laughs> but we'll have, like, a bad... We had, like, a little argument a few weeks ago. It was, like, it was silly. It was like, over the weekend. And he, um, I was like, right, going to the studio. And he's like, of course you are. Of course you're going to the studio. <laughs> like, he finds it hilarious. And it actually fixes things because it actually makes us kind of think... It really isn't that bad. Like it's fine. It's like, come on, we're just human. We're gonna, we're gonna say things that are just silly and like whatever. But yeah, he always says, "Oh, I bet you're gonna go use that." And it's really and cool because I think he, like, he knows that I can use all the things that happen and even the great things. I write great songs, like happy songs that just haven't seen the light of the day yet, but <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> but are you inspired by the relationship? Have you crafted songs about it? 
yeah lots of songs yeah and, and especially about our age because we're really young and it's great and it's like that for me is like a whole storyline i could write about that for a year how old are you both 21 oh babies yeah so much life young. ahead exactly so. how, how do you meet this person um i met him through a friend a mutual friend of ours um but it's just really interesting because I actually met him at this. Uh, me and my ex-boyfriend oh. met him at this together. Oh wow! So we met him because we were at a gathering thing, and basically we both oh like, lovely to meet you. And I just really liked him, and like he was very, like we just felt very connected. But I was like, but I've also I'm like I'm a girl that's got a lot of boys as like my best friends. So I always you know for me I never straight away think oh I'm just like oh they're just great mate like he'd be a great mate like what a lovely guy, and then. Once me and my ex broken up, he slid, <laughs> slid in there. <laughs> and you said, welcome. I was like, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Were you? You're gorgeous. Where have you been for those long? <laughs> is it dumb love or is it real love? Real love, yeah. How do you know? You know, I just feel like with my boyfriend, he's just my best friend and we do everything together. And it's so great because he's so close to my friends. I'm so close with his friends. And I just can see a life where, like, we can be together and love each other and also spread our wings and grow together. I think that's the big thing of growing together and not apart. And I can see myself with him being able to grow and him being able to grow with me and us also both smash our careers and do our thing. And I think because we're young as well, we're very mature that we know we're young. And I think it is fun as well because we don't know what's around the corner and what's going to happen. So we're just enjoying it and um yeah and we just we just like honestly are best friends and when we met we everyone even said to us they were like gosh you two won't stop talking and I, I've never spoke to a guy as much as I did that night who wasn't my boyfriend I was like oh my gosh I, this guy's so great and everyone pulled us aside and was like why there's something there and then obviously I was in a relationship I was wasn't even none of neither one of us would even think that and then and then after it was a bit like, okay, we know we like each other. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then we just knew and it was just something like, we always knew when we met each other as well, we were like, there's something there to explore. Wow. I wonder how your ex feels about that. I know, that's <laughs> the worst because I know he would have been actually devastated because <sighs> he was worried as well. I mean, he person. has to know, no? Yeah, I mean, he's got a girlfriend now. so Oh, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> so it's great. People move on. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, it's one of, I actually felt so guilty because I was like, I met this I met my boyfriend, I just fell head over heels in love. I was like, this is so great. We had the best time. And it was crazy as well, because he was actually at college at SMU in Dallas. What? So he was, he's, he's from he's the here. UK, but he was, but he moved back from Dallas wow. to come and see me and like, and then ended up staying. So it was like, we kind of like, it was weird the odds that of us not being together were very high. So it was really strange how we came together and then, my ex would have known that we were together and I just remember thinking, oh no, like I just, it's so awkward. But then I found out he had a girlfriend. I was like, okay, great. He's happy. He's off doing his thing. The universe wanted this to happen. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I've never had that weird thing where you've like come together with someone where the odds were so high that you would never see them again. And then. Or like, even be with them in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, to then him text me, be like, oh, I'm dropping out of college. Like I'm coming home. I'm, gonna work in the in london like do you want to meet and i'm like yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah great thank you it's brilliant that's awesome very yeah, happy for you thank you being in love is such a great feeling can't really uh, tell you 
It's great. It's great content. That's what. That's what we want, get baby. The, get the right. Get that right. Get those songs in. We need that fuel for art. Yeah, you know mm. the magic. <laughs> How many songs are you sitting on right now? Oh gosh. Um. At the moment, like properly looking over, probably like thirty songs. Like I'm looking over for. The album. The album, yeah. Do you know what story you're looking to tell? I'm still figuring that out, yeah. I'm still just trying to figure out the title and, like, what I want the whole thing to be about. I kind of am leaning more towards, like, I don't want it just to be one thing. There's this thing in my head that I don't want it just to be one thing. And I feel like that the title's within that and the story's within that. Mm. You don't just have to be one thing. I think I've just realised, figured that out in my head. <laughs> keep going. So, yeah, I'm going to keep going that down that train. Um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely going to be something. I want it to be something big and deep and something people have to like be like oh that's so sick like that actually when you think about it really that's so understandable and i get it i get, understand that creative in it i want it to be something where people are like Whoa. you're not one thing nobody's just one thing yeah exactly so why does my album just have to be one thing mm. oh it's happening you're creativity is kicking up <laughs> <laughs> are you located in england now or have you moved to los angeles um so i'm in london yeah so i'm still you're in there. london is there energy of the city that you just don't want to leave yeah i love the uk i love i'm a massive fish and chips girl i'm <laughs> i live near Whitstable. it's just a big thing for me so i love london it keeps me grounded it's my home it's where all my day one peeps are um peeps <laughs> did i just say that yeah, <laughs> um and yeah and like yeah i love it i love london um i moved there october time so i moved out last year october so yeah i haven't even really feel like i've spent much time in my mm. apartment so i can't wait to go back but um i do love la as well i i love being here but i think why not i can do both you can and i love new york and actually i wouldn't mm. live in new york oh new york is the best oh, city in the world obsessed. and it's only Five hours from London, it's really easy. So good. But there is a difference between the UK music scene and the US music scene, right? Yeah. How would you describe it? Um, it's a lot more like this. It's just very dance, some yes. of it. Um, and then Joel Corey everywhere. Yeah, literally, Joel, absolute legend. Um, yeah, he's he's the biggest dance act I feel like in the UK right now. It's crazy. Totally. Um, yeah, smashing it. And um, what else? Yeah, a lot of. You know, I feel like there's a UK artist, there's a lot of features that happen. Yes. And I haven't done a feature yet because I really want to make sure we do the right move. And I want, as an artist, as a fan of other artists, I always want to, like, understand that feature and be like, oh, my God, I knew it was going to happen. Like, that's such a sick link. That's such a sick link up. Have you um, thought about who you would want to work with? Yeah, I have a few, a few ideas that I have, but I just don't know whether you do, like, a song with a rapper or, like, mm -hmm. you want to do another artist, like, a singer, like... It's kind of figuring out what song as well, because it might be a song I bring into the mix or some song the other party would bring into. Well, the also, mix. what kind of artist is it? A UK yeah. based artist? Is it a US based artist? Yeah, exactly. For me, I think because I really want to do my thing out here in America, like it'd be great to be an American artist. And um, but then you offer the UK audience to them. Yeah, exactly. And then you'll but you got best of both worlds. I'm doing my mm. thing. They're going to be able to do their thing, and it's you know it's but it, it is really easy for a UK artist to end up being stuck in the UK and for me I wanna that's completely opposite to what I've wanted to do from the start. That's why we're being so careful with the moves that we make feature wise and um yeah it's quite interesting how it works like that in the UK. You got recognized off of a feature, right? By your manager? Is that real or is that bullshit? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow, what an eye roll. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a song that I did. It was a dance song. And I basically, this like DJ guy just was like, Look, I've got this tune. Do you want to like write over it and um, do a vocal? And I was like, yeah, like, why not? I mean, I haven't got anything out on Spotify. Like, why not? It's not out. It's not there anymore. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And then I was like, right. Okay, let's do it. And look, it was just like a very fun thing. I wasn't really like invested into it. And it was just kind of like, let's just drop it and see what happens. Um, I was 16 at the time as well. So I was just like, why not? And then, um, and then, yeah, my manager found me my vocal through and was like i love her voice and then i'm here now and it's like changes your life and i'm so grateful to that song and to the guy the dj guy because like that's sick you know like that's so great to be able to have that note to get noticed through that song and then grow from there the world Um, will never hear it again but it's awesome yeah is it a bad song still party to it now then (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wasn't like you know it was it was all right i think me and we both both of us involved in the song were like, okay, yeah, let's just, just be, while you start fresh, start the whole thing. <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just remove you, you've that. Grown since then. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you heard me write that, I would be here. <laughs> so, how, how was the uh, tour across America with Tate? Amazing. We had such a great time and seeing so many different places in America. Everywhere's different. That's, yeah. Like, it's crazy. I didn't think I actually saw real America until I went to these different places. And oh, yeah. you're just like, wow, and the people are different. The food's so different. Like, It's so um, big. So big. We can fit so many UKs in America. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It's mental. Like, all the people that live here, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, just, and Tate is so great. We're really good friends now, and it's so nice to have an artist and person in the, who also does what I do. Also, I just genuinely connect with so nicely um but yeah um so yeah so it was just so much fun and i just can't wait to come and do my own thing my own tour here is that the, obviously the plan right yeah that's the plan but we need an album first um i don't know i feel like i'm gonna do it before the album oh yeah. i feel like that's like the new thing where people announce the tour they go on the road and then halfway through the tour yeah or towards the end they drop an album yeah right yeah exactly yeah and you go into a whole promo cycle and then you tour by the next season Again, yeah. it's going to be non-stop for sure. Like, I'm doing like four, uh, four other tours this year. You're open what? for Justin Bieber. Yeah, <sighs> casual. Insane! I can't believe that. Like that. And then I've got my Europe tour in May. And I'm doing Australia and New Zealand in September. And I'm going to need. I'm going to be in America. Want to come back to America at some <laughs> point? So. Will your boyfriend go with you, or what's the deal? Um. Yeah, I think he'll come up for a bit. He came on some of the Tate tour with me, which was really nice. That's cool. Yeah a good time it's fun and it's cool because um he gets to see you know i think he understood my 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 career a lot more by seeing what i actually get up to mm. and how crazy it can be and i think he was just a bit like okay cool like i get why you're not yeah. always free give him a real taste <laughs> yeah needed though like it's a different lifestyle right yeah exactly and like he st- handles it so well and um I, you know, for me, I've, I have all my day one people around me. That's it for me. Like I'm very grounded in that sense of having all of them. You know, I've got my people from the start and, you know, Will's, he does, he works with his dad um, and it's really great. And he's starting a start business with him and he's just, just a really nice, like normal, great job. And it's really nice to be also involved in his life and what he does. And then him kind of like dip into like, what I get up to and stuff. Um, 
but it's nice when you have people that you know don't know the industry and they're not involved in the industry and then they come in and they get to see more about yeah. how it works but they're not jaded it's like it's you want real yeah, exactly. Real stuff. Why not? I mean, you want to be happy too, don't you? Yeah. If real people happen to like you, take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. What was it like when you got that call that you could open for Justin? Oh my gosh. It was it was mental. It was like I got a phone call and it was all of us on the phone. They were like, Right, Mimi, we need we can have everyone on this call and I'm like, What? We normally it's just I'll just call like one of my managers. I've got three different managers. I was like, right, well normally I'll just call one like so we're all on the call and we do a weekly management call. So, but it was like separate to that. I was like, oh, something's going on. We got, <laughs> we've got another, I've been called in the office again. <laughs> what is this? Um, and yeah, they were like, right, Mimi, uh, do you want to go do some shows with Justin Bieber? And I was like, what? No, I was like, surely not. I was like, has it been confirmed? Like, yeah, it's happening. I'm like, <gasps> I was freaking out and I didn't know who to tell first. Started telling every random person, the Uber driver I was telling that day. And I didn't even tell my own family or friends at that point. I was just, I just didn't know who to tell. I was like, this is actually going to happen. Like freaking out. Um, and then I told my mum, my mum was like, wait, what? what? Are you, is that actually happening? Like what, Justin Bieber, the guy, you've been to his shows as a kid. Are you joking me? And I was like, yeah, mum, I don't know what I'm going to do or what songs I'm going to sing or actually how I'm going to actually be on that stage in front of that many people. But I'm going to do it. And she's like, then she goes mental, the tea towels up in the air, everything's going crazy, like freaking out. Um, yeah, it's just mental reliving that, it's like re thinking back to that because I think everyone was just like, this is going to be so great. And also just to see, to be in front of that many people is going to be mental. Yeah, how do you how do you prepare for that? Like you've never done a show that big, right? No. It's a, is it in Finland? Is that where it yeah, is? Yeah, it's massive. It's going to be a really big, and I just think like to be in like stadiums as well like what? dude hearing house on fire in that size of stadium oh is gonna be God. awesome oh i can't wait it's gonna be so cool i always do that when i go to a show i'll check out the speakers i'll be like how the speakers are <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we ready to turn it up <laughs> by the way please listen to mimi webb's music there's a link in the description below highly 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 recommend obviously house on fire 24 5 dumb love good without reasons a lot of great records truly yeah. like you have a lot of like there's a lot of quality songs under your belt you don't just got one or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. Bravo. Oh, thank you so much. No, yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm just so excited to grow more as a as a writer and an artist and see where it goes, you know. It's just kinda like some TikTok people, TikTok artists, they're able to get one. Like, yes, it's it's not easy to get one hit ever. Yeah. But like if you do it long enough and you keep shooting your shot, you can maybe get there. But not many people have the follow up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I think people see through people so much more now. And I think if you're not going to be yourself, they're going to straight away be like, what's the point? Like, what are you going to be, what are you releasing? Like, you know, it's like, so I think, you know, when you are being yourself and you are using, you know, I'm I'm very naturally bubbly and quite mental as it is. <laughs> and then on TikTok, I'm like that too. So I'm like, eh. I like, so, you know, if you're not going to, if that's not true to who you are, then don't do it. But if it is, then do it. And you know people are going to want to follow that story and i think that's what i learned through you know experience like doing it well yeah people will people connect with you through tiktok but then you back it up with music that is yeah, relatable yeah. and inspiring and true to you and and good yeah it's the whole <laughs> recipe dude like you can have a part of the recipe and get some success but yeah. like it takes all of it to really work yeah 
yeah no definitely it's, there's a lot to it I think and it's um you know just balancing it out making sure every part of it gets the attention that it needs and um you know being able to be in the studio with sick people like <laughs> oh like it's just amazing you know there's so many writers out there that are just so incredible and don't always get the credit that they deserve like you know and I think for me as well as an artist I want to make sure you know when I do my album I've got a thing with, I throw a party I've got get like all my friends there that have you know wrote the songs with me and you know it's great to just meet more people like that it's an extension of you but it's a, a part of everybody that yeah. puts themselves into it 100 percent, definitely very excited. excited for this album thank you excited. can't wait i'll let you know what it is when i what it's cool when it happens <laughs> yeah, yeah come back hang out yeah do you have names in mind you don't have to give them away but do you have anything in mind i have an idea i think okay i'm getting to I think I've kind of has helped me on this this chat yeah. of where I need to you go. Just can't it. be one thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know what the name's gonna be. I've got to really figure it out because then this this whole thing could just do another three sixty. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what it's like. You never know. It's just nonstop. <laughs> do you have like an ideal time that you want to see it come out? Um, beginning of next year is where I kind of see myself. Oh wow! I need a re- I need some real good time because I've got so I've got it there, but I just like, I've got songs that I could. But I want to make sure that's the yeah. right thing, and also this, you know, making sure the list is all great and it's the, right and the idea, the creative behind it, the artwork, the videos, videos, you know, that you, whole thing. You got to tease things on TikTok. You got to try songs out on tour. Mm-hmm. What if you tease something on TikTok and it doesn't get a good reaction? You just scrap it or you try to go back and fix it. A lot of artists do that. Like they'll just I scrap would, a song and I, then they'll never yeah. come out. Yeah, I think you could scrap it. Yeah, I think if you tease something, you're like, oh, I've just thought this idea what do you guys think and then it's like okay like that didn't work archive <laughs> never happened archive, never happened yeah <laughs> has that happened to you yet i haven't no i haven't had that yet no, but i feel like it's i probably will probably have that knock on it's, yeah it's like it's just a roller coaster isn't it it's gonna <laughs> knock on wood there's a there's a big log yeah there. please make sure everything that's like a pad on blows wood. up that's like, you gotta really knock it you pad it on it uh, you gotta knock it Oh, let's be like stroking it now. No, you don't. Stri- no, no, no. Yeah, pet it. Knock it. Knock it. Like, no. Yeah. Yes. Oh, is that what you have to do? Yeah, I'm very superstitious. Oh, so, like, you petting cool. and stroking the wood was not. Not. Let me redo that one. There Thank you, you so much. I don't want. <laughs> this was a very productive conversation. I don't want that one yeah. hand motion on the wood to ruin to the whole ruin thing. It all, yeah. Oh, gosh. Be really bad. <laughs> really seriously, listen to Beamy Webb's music. You will not regret it. Uh, there's a link in the description below. It is beyond worth your time. Sister, you're gonna be a star. It's pretty cool. I think you, you, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're uh, doing doing well. Oh no, you legend! But it's only gonna get stronger <laughs> and stronger. It's really wild. Your music's really incredible. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys. Truly, I also hope you never lose your accent. We interview people like when they're early in their career, and then by the time they've been in a couple of years, they lose their accents. I'm like, oh, your really? Accent. What like English people? Yeah. Australians, British. Australians too. They lose them. Oh my gosh! No, I can't. No, I can't lose my accent. No, you can't. I'm probably being. I'm probably speaking more nicer. Normally, I'm like, yeah, like go for it, yeah. right, mate. Like, just like I'm doing a bit more of a nicer one here. No, no, it's, it's same. It's the same. I'm not like a massive like. Yeah, no, no, I'm not like my dad. That it just goes like, mate, mate, like a hundred times in one sentence. Who your dad does? Yeah, he's like proper. Like he's from Kent, Gravesend. You know, it's all a bit. You know, a bit more. A little rougher? Yeah, a little rougher, yeah. Okay. Rough around the edges. But yeah, no, I definitely, I think because of that, I've got my dad, I'm not going to lose that real British accent. Perfect. You know? That's the real, that's the Garden of England, Kent. Wow. 
You are, yeah, you, dude, sis, you're going to be a superstar. Very excited to watch your eyes. Listen to her music, please. Link in the description below. Mimi Webb. Yay. How exciting. Mimi Webb, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, beautiful human. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Mimi Webb. Please listen to her music. Your ears will thank you. And please subscribe to our podcast. Let us know who you should interview next. You can reach out on any form of social media at Zach Sang Show. And yeah, subscribe. I appreciate you. Please be safe, hug your family, and don't go to jail. I'll talk to you soon. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. He was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herlis. Audio producer, Jordan, Jordan Silver. Silver. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show.